What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of CAP, Cultivate, Accumulate, Prosper. This is your boy, JD, and we're going to cultivate today. What's up, y'all? This is your girl, Erica, and we're going to accumulate, and together, together. we're going to prosper. Yes, indeed. It's good to be back in the booth. Always, always. You have a good week? I had a great week. What about yourself? I can't complain. It seems like it's been a long week. That it has. Well, let's get off into the buzz topics. First one we have is Kirk Franklin doc documentary. Um, he has a new album coming out entitled Father's Day, which will be out October the 6th. But he had a much more revealing situation with finding the answers to who his biological father is. Uh, I took time and watched the documentary that was on YouTube uh, the other week. And he found out his father, his biological father, is a guy named Richard Hubbard. Uh, what do you think about that, Eric? Okay, I think that it was, like, very interesting. It was a very emotional documentary. Um, it, it made me, like, really, really feel for him just to know that even in this, in finding who his biological father is and having him do the DNA test and also to have his biological mother, Deborah, uh, even though it's 99.9% accurate that he is the father, she still um, kept saying, oh, no, no, that thing is lying. She, he's not the father. I would not lie to you. So this is a DNA test. So for him to endure that and all the things that he's had to endure as a child to know that his father was 10 minutes away in the same city. Yeah, that was something that was... Uh it's heartfelt. Unfortunately, it happens to a lot of people who are not celebrities. Uh, I'm glad for him um, that he's finding out. Hopefully, he can repair the relationship with, with his biological mother since uh, it appears that she is in denial. Um, but, okay, uh, good way of saying it. Yeah. So, but it's, it's a, lot of, a lot of these things happen in our communities, uh, and you don't have to be a celebrity for these situations to happen. A lot of people don't get the answers they're looking for and go through right. life like that. So uh, I wish him the best in in this new journey and uh, look forward to listening to his music that's coming out on the Father's Day uh, album in October. Now, see, that album is going to be amazing to me. One of my favorite, most favorite of his is the um, Rebirth album. Okay. Because it, that was just, like, really real and he kind of like even delved into some things in his life then yeah you know and it's the rebirth of kirk franklin so this is going to bring about a whole lot for him so i'm really really ready for this album that album album is going to be powerful should be definitely now our second buzz topic tyler perry made some comments on men and women uh. and relationships um I watched the podcast because I'm a fan of Crystal Renee Hasler. Everybody know I like me some Fatima. Uh, <laughs> I watched that podcast interview, and he said, um, now if a man who makes less is good to you and loves you, he's worth keeping around. He made that comment, then he mentioned about the light bill. Now, um, I understand what he was saying. But I think it was the way that he said it that ruffled some feathers with, with, with women. But what what is your take? And I'll finish up with what I think about it. Okay, so when he mentioned the light bill, um, my take was like even giving an example just to show, you know, I will help with some things. I can help with the light bill or I can help with something. But just to say, you know, I know I don't make as much as you, but I'm going to do my part as well. That's how I took of him, you know, saying that, but I do know that a lot of people will misconstrue things. And he even said in the beginning, I'm going to get into, I know I'm going to get into a lot of trouble saying yeah, this. Yeah, he, he did say that. You know, he, he, that was his disclaimer, you know, yeah. he gave the disclaimer. But, um, you know, people are going to hone in on one thing, because basically I think the issue is that it's like, why I got to pay for everything? I'm the woman he's supposed to be providing. You know what I'm saying? But there's going to be, in this day and age, there's always a chance that the woman is going to be making more. Yeah. You know, we're we're yeah. coming up. Yeah. We're coming Statistically, up. it shows that right now 
whatever statistic this is located at. Uh, I'm not debating it, uh, but uh, it says that black women make more on the average than black men. And when you look at the fact that a lot of sisters go to school longer, uh, or, you know, go to school true. more so um, than some of the fellas, that tends to be true. Um, but everyone's relationship is differently. Now, I'm right. not married or, or anything. I've been in relationships in the past or whatnot. As a man, you have to be comfortable enough if the person that you are married to or in a relationship with makes more um, money-wise that you're comfortable enough as your God-given right as a man not to let that intimidate you. But you will have those fellas um, who that becomes an issue for them. And uh, then you have some ladies who they get the power trip and they'll throw that in someone's face. Neither one of those situations are good. Uh, and everyone's relationship is differently. There's no one size fit all. But I think when he mentioned about paying the light bill, he kind of left that open-ended. Yeah. I was like, you should have elaborated on that. But I mean, you know, people are going to say what they say, whether they're a celebrity, uh, a pastor, or a politician. People are people. Uh, and everyone sees things in a different scope of lenses. But, uh, you know, you're always going to rub somebody the wrong way. Um, but I think whatever works for you and that individual right. is your business. Everyone's marriage or relationships is not a one-size-fit-all. And people tend to want to make it like that. Uh -huh. And then if you say something that differs from that, you know, it, it bothers them. Especially when it's in the public eye. But the cool thing about Tyler Perry, he is never going to let what the people say get to him. He is still going to be Tyler Perry. Yeah, that's true. That is true. So, you know, whatever works for you out there in your relationship, <laughs> do what's best for you. Uh, the understanding between you and whoever it is, um, that, that's that's the only thing I, I would tell you. Uh, because that's between you, your significant other, and God, how you all conduct yourselves with that. Right, all right, all right. Our minds clear. Oh, we are. We're clear. Let's We're get good. This thing started. Right. Listen, you guys, I am so excited about the guests that we have today. Um, I've been ready for the weekend just to get to this guest because I'm hmm. like, we gonna laugh. We're gonna have some fun. That's 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 real talk. Um, she is in the top fifteen, the top fifteen coaches in Memphis twenty twenty three of the um, Influential Digest. That is major. Congratulations on that. She is a dynamic speaker, a powerful motivator, an author, certified professional coach, executive director of Power Ministries Inc., CEO of Empowerment Coaching and Consulting, the host of the weekly talk show of. Soar, um, Accomplishments, TSD's Women of Excellence, Female Pastor of the Year, Dress for Success, Entrepreneurial Spirit Award. Um, she has a Master's in Divinity. She has a Doctor in Ministry. I am so pleased to uh, introduce to you all Pastor Karen Todd, Dr. Karen Todd, <laughs> Coach Karen Todd. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Call me what I am to you. <laughs> welcome, welcome. We are so glad to have you here today. I'm glad to finally uh, adjust my life <laughs> where it fits your life so that I could be here. So I'm grateful to be here. Wonderful. Yeah. Tell our listeners a little bit about Karen Dodd. Well, actually, you just told them everything. <laughs> so I am a um, certified professional coach. I am the executive director of Power Ministries, CEO of um, Empowerment Coaching and Consulting. I always say most importantly, I'm a mother, a grandmother, a daughter, a sister, and a friend. So that's what's most important. All of the accomplishments are blessings, but who I am at the core of me is who I am to my friends, who I am to my family. Right. So all the other stuff is icing and just great things that God has done. Okay. Well... I know you from way back from uh, at New Direction. Well, now, first of all, your way back is too far. <laughs> it's too far. Yeah. You see, way back. Yeah, I, know, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, well, I mean, a whole lot. Okay. But yes, right. we met at New Direction Christian Church. We, we did. Right. Yeah. So what I wanted to ask you was, what was the process like to pivot 
from full-time ministry into empowerment, coaching, consulting? Well, one of the things that um, it was a major pivot outside looking in. Okay. It wasn't as major for the person that was doing it. Gotcha. So in 2016, I think I announced my uh, resignation from the role of senior social pastor at New Direction. But 2014, 2015, that's when I got my, I started getting certifications for coaching. So I didn't know when the move was going to happen, but I started saying yes to the preparation. So a lot of times people are looking at, uh, oh my God, he's an overnight success. And he's like, that was a long night (laughs) because I've been working at this thing. I've been pushing, I've been, you know, all these things that we do to get ready for the public manifestation of what God has always been doing privately. So it was a major pivot for a lot of people. Like I said, for me, God had been preparing me. I did not know when I was getting certifications that I was leaving New Direction. Okay. But it was, um, it wasn't a big change for me. It just shifted where I went every day. You know what I mean? So it it was always my calling to be a blessing to people. It was always my calling to help people. It was always my calling to be present for women in ministry. It's just, where do I do that now? So my, um, where my car went every day changed my purpose and my calling did not. So maybe that's why it feels like to me that it wasn't a major pick for me. That, That makes sense. It does make a lot of sense, especially uh, in that you saying, you know, to the public eye, because us looking in, yeah, it's like this, this, this. I was looking on paper. I'm like, okay, she's just doing it. And I was like, right there, like, I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I just saw her as this. <laughs> and now it's just like all of this. So, yeah, in the public eye, it was like. Bam, and I know it don't happen that quick. It's right, definitely right, right. not an overnight success. It, it doesn't happen that quickly when it's going to be sustained. Right. So it can happen quickly, and people can pop up overnight, and then they pop off uh-huh. the yeah. next night. Right. Because the foundation is not there, and, and the, uh, the sustainability is not present. So I'm grateful that I was able to build. So I was building even on the things that I did in New Direction. Right. So I didn't make this major turn where it's like, okay, drop that, and now let's do this. It it was always, you know, just just a movement. It was a flow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I like that. Just a flow. Um, we have like listed all of these accolades, and then you added on to that the grandmother, mm-hmm. the mother, the friend, auntie, all of it. Um, and this is like in a world where so many men are doing this. How do you do it and still make time for caring? I don't understand the part of the question about so many men. Can I just answer the? Yeah. You, want, you want to clarify or just yeah, answer you, the other you can part? Just oh, answer. All right, all right. Because I'm like that's just the, that's just the comment. Because it's like so many men who are like in here. They're being like I think about Eric Thomas or I think about John Maxwell. You know, so many who are coaches, who are speakers, who are doing this thing. And here it is when you think about a woman that's doing it and you add the part of being a grandmother and a mother. It's like mm-hmm. so much. There, there are as it. many women successful at it as right. there are men. So the dynamic of who I am um, gender-wise, because I have always been female, it doesn't play into it for me. You know what I mean? Because it's not like I did it another way and then came back. So is there more pressure? It's just different pressure. Yeah. It's different pressure. Our pressure as as women are um, maybe pay. It may be being accepted um, in a room that is usually filled with men. So the the pressure is different. But I also know male coaches who have pressures because they're still trying to provide for their families. They're still trying to, if you are a black man, you're you're in a room, you may be trying to get into the room with white men. You know, so there there are different pressures. So I don't feel as if I am fighting 
something and breaking through. There are so many people that have paved the way. There are so many people who have mentored me so that I can be present and do all the things that God has called me to do. So, yes, we only have 24 hours in a day. But you have to prioritize what what is most important to you because I've got 24 hours in my day. You've got 24 in yours. Oprah has 24 in hers. Beyonce got 24 in hers. It's just all about what you do with that 24. It's all about what you do with your downtime. Am I going to um, binge watch Suits on Netflix or am I going to get back and go back and get another certification? Am I going to go back and read right. during my downtime? So it's all about how you use your downtime. Or am I going to spend time with my granddaughter? So there is downtime. Right. So how do you choose to spend this downtime to be the best um, person for your family, to be the best person in your career, and to be your best self for yourself? Right. So we have to manage our time well so that we can show up best in all these places and present our, you know, the best version of ourselves in all of these places. I don't know if I answered your question, but it was good stuff. You did. You <laughs> did. You did. It, it, it was good stuff for real. And I started learning how to do that, especially when I started going to school, because it's like, OK, a lot of things that I was doing before I, I was it's not that I don't do them anymore. Mm hmm. I may do the binge watching, you know, on some things, you know, to take that time for Erica. Last year, I actually got out of town for uh, a vacation. I forgot what that word was. Uh, that's not acceptable. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> I got better, though. I got better. <laughs> Definitely not acceptable. Ooh, I, that was that sound, too. I felt like you were you in trouble. How dare you? <laughs> yes, I do still have that. <laughs> what what I'm hearing is is balance. Everyone has to have yeah. balance with your, with your work or your purpose or your calling and for personal time, regardless of whether it's with your nuclear family, mm -hmm. friends, or just mm -hmm. self, because mm -hmm. I make time to do that. So Yeah, I, I agree. I often use, so we are taught like life, work-life balance is, is the phrase, right. work-life yeah. balance. I don't like that phrase because it puts work, which you're supposed to do like 40, 50 hours a week, whatever, in the same sentence as life, which is much bigger than work. So I don't often teach work-life balance. I don't often, the phrase, work-life balance. Yeah. And so I have moved away from balance because we're programmed to believe work life when we hear balance. So I've moved away from balance and I use the word flow because if I, let's say as a, um, as an event planner, or even, let, 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 we can use church. We, we talked about church. There are major days in church. There is Easter. There is anniversary. There is Christmas. There is New Year's. So if you are a planner of those events during those seasons, you're working harder, 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 harder. But then in those off seasons, you have to make sure you take the vacation. You have to make sure you do the other things. So it may not be a balance, a daily balance. It may not be a weekly balance, but as long as there's a flow that includes you accomplishing your goals, that includes you resting, that includes you drinking your water, minding your business, you know what I mean? So all these things so that we flow through that. So my flow may not look like your flow, but we kind of all end up as, as balanced people yeah. because we understand and manage the flow. And that's, that's, that's another way of, of putting it. Um, what I wanted to ask you was, out of all of your accomplishments and accolades, what was the most challenging mm. uh, and what has been one of the most rewarding? That's a good question. <laughs> you should have emailed me that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, one of the most challenging, I think, was... I, one of the most challenging, I, I'll say going into ministry in an environment that I was not used to. So I served at New Direction for many, many years. And, and, and coming out of that environment was also challenging. But I'll stick with what I said first. Going into an interim role, mm -hmm. an interim, interim role at a multicultural congregation. Mm. So that was different for me going in only because I had to deal with fears that I never had to deal with. 
So we, we are always you know, de dealing with our fears and the things that, that uh, are limiting beliefs and imposter syndrome, all those types of things. And I was comfortable in, in my current ministry because it looked like me. And so then when I was offered the opportunity to go to a church that was not 100% or 99.999% African-American, I had to adjust my thinking that I couldn't do it because I had not had practice or I was always around people who understood my stories. That was one of my things. So, so how am I going? What stories will I use when I preach? Child, mm. I, I, you know, I was like. Spades. I can't pull out my spades stories. I can't pull out my South Memphis stories. I can't, you know, wow. if I say a line from a song, everybody's not going to get it. So yeah. those are very real things. So I had to shift my thought process and I had to dig deeper because God was enlarging my territory. And I asked for my territory to be enlarged, but then we kind of wanted to stay the same. God enlarged my territory, but let me be comfortable. And those two do not go together because God they is don't. more concerned about your yeah. character than your comfort. So you have to be able to be ready for the expanding and the stretching. And I had to go through that. So that was challenging for me because it took away. I was out of my comfort zone. But the great things, the miraculous things, the mind-blowing things don't happen in your comfort zone. No, they don't. So that was challenging for me because, you know, I was Linus and y'all took my blanket. So, um, yeah, so it was, it was different. So that was, that was just one. I, I've had a lot of things that were challenging. So one, you, what was the second part of the question? What was been the most uh, rewarding or one of the most rewarding? I'll use the same thing. Okay. So looking into going into that ministry mm -hmm. and I was senior associate pastor originally. So I preached like once a month. So coming here, I'm about to have to preach every, I got to preach every day. Every Sunday? What do you mean? <laughs> so being able to do that and just looking and say, okay, this is a challenge and I'm going to accomplish it. Those are the two things I was looking at overcoming. But once that interim position was over and then looking back and seeing all the other things that I accomplished while I was there, how God used me, how God shifted my mindset and also was able to help transform the ministry. So things that I did not see that were going to be the fruit I was able to experience that fruit um, looking looking back at what happened. So it was really just a matter of like we all have sometimes is getting out of our own head because I mm -hmm. know I wrestle with that quite a bit, but I've gotten better at it. Mm -hmm. you know? But it's always a work in progress. I'm not sure who, who has arrived to just completely never being inside their head. But if you're a person who's driven – who's passionate about yeah, things. Yeah. It's going to have those moments where you're like, you're overthinking. If you're never in your head, and I don't mean staying there, but if you yeah. never have a fleeting thought at any moment that, okay, wait a minute, let me think about it. Yeah. Then you're, you're not being stretched. You, you ain't doing that. Yeah. You're, you're staying in your, if you're, if you never feel uncomfortable, you are living your life in your comfort zone. So you are not accepting challenges. If you don't feel challenged. Yeah. If everything is easy, nah, you, you should be doing something else. Mm. That's good. That's good. <laughs> that's good. And silence fell across the land. Because that's good. You have to think about that thing for a second. Like, you know what? She said so. She yeah. said something. If everything is easy, nah. And I, I, I remember where I used to be. Child, you was there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I remember where I used to be. And... It was like I was afraid to actually step out because mm -hmm. I had gotten so comfortable. Just And it's it's something now I love the fact that when I get uncomfortable because I know God is getting ready to do something mm -hmm. in that. All mm -hmm. I had to do, I remember actually stepping out and actually doing Manifest Conference and having it in me for 14 years. Mm -hmm. But it's like, no, I'm not ready. And no, if you ready. are comfortable now, and not just you, anybody, if you are comfortable now, you need to look for your next challenge. Yeah, and he's challenging because you. Because now if I, so let's say I, I do this thing, and oh my God, it was wonderful, it, and then I go, now what? Right. Because I can keep doing, you can keep doing Manifest Conference every year, but then that becomes the comfort zone. Exactly. So, so 
you get your, your territory, your boundaries get enlarged, but then it enlarges your comfort zone because now you're used to it. So now you got to come outside of that box and then the box gets bigger. And then you have to step outside of that box and allow the box to get bigger. Exactly. And I love the fact that I have been able to um, associate with more people who are actually doing it to meet mm-hmm. Tamika Chambliss Williams. Like I'm learning so much from mm-hmm. her and her husband, from Kia Griffin, mm-hmm. knowing her for years, but even in this atmosphere and her speaking at the conference, I'm learning even more to gotcha. keep on growing gotcha. from Absolutely. where I was. Why so, not? Right. The time we have so much time. And the time will pass anyway. That's what I tell people when I coach them. Okay, well, I don't, I mean, I don't know if I have time to go back to school. Well, if God allows you to live two more years, why not? The time will pass anyway. Exactly. You may as well accomplish something in the time. Exactly. So, yeah. so listen, in all of these and where you are now, thinking back to where you used to be, mm-hmm. what would you say to the younger Karen? Thank you. I just, I just talked about this on the radio show. A lot of times we feel like we want to give advice to the younger self. Sometimes we just need to thank them for hanging in there. Mm. You know what I mean? Because if it had not been for 15, 16, 18-year-old Karen pressing through the dumb stuff that was happening in life, and all, if she had not pressed through, I would not be here. Right. The, the dreams that she had are not necessarily the dreams that I'm living because she didn't know. You know what I mean? She, <laughs> 15 year old <laughs> had Karen no had no clue about preaching. She been 18 year old going into college. Karen may have been like, okay, I want to have a corporate job. I want to drive. A, I want to have a Mercedes by the time I'm 26. It was because that was the brain of the teenager. But I just appreciate my younger self for taking the time to study for applying to college, for going to class. Because if she had not pressed through, I would not be here to make her proud. So I don't have advice like, I mean, you get, I mean, I, I go harder, go, nah, I'm good with it. I appreciate you. I like that. <laughs> it's, it's, it was, it's basically the beginning part of the journey. Mm-hmm. And, and at 18, that 18-year-old Karen did what that 18-year-old Karen understood to be done. And so it's my responsibility to take that baton and bring it on. Every leg, when you're running a race, every leg has um, responsibility. So get out the blocks wheel and get as fast as you can and make sure you put the baton in the next person's hand. Go ahead and get a lead for the next leg. Yeah. You know what I mean? The third one, uh, hang on, just keep it. <laughs> keep the lead. And then the fourth one is the one, turn, turn on the jets and let's, let's get it done. So every leg, so I appreciate all of those um, phases of my life. And so now the jets on. So let's get it done. I like that you said that because I definitely, like we all can relate to that when Someone has asked me, a, a group of young guys before when I was working in the school system, like, Coach Davis, you know, what about when you was young? And I was like, you know, what would, you know, or someone's asked me, what would I tell my younger self? Mm-hmm. I mean, I became a father at a young age. My son now is, is, is 27 years old. Gotcha. You know, but um, for every phase of my life, from my teen years to my years at Tennessee State University and college to after college in my 30s, and now being blessed to be in my 40s, mm-hmm. uh, I've, every step of the way I've learned something as a man yeah. from from, from yeah, how to good. deal with opportunities, mm-hmm. from relationships, <laughs> just some of everything. The laughter and, after yeah, relationships. Yeah, oh, well, you know, it's just what it's it okay. is. <laughs> and and but, let me um, say this. I don't want to – I'm not changing anybody else's answer. Yeah. So that's just Karen answering the question that was asked to Karen. Yeah. So that's what I would say. If you have advice to give to your younger self, give it. Because a lot of times in, in, in conversations like this, even on the radio, the people that are listening may need that yeah. advice. 
So if I had said, you know, I just wish I would have pushed harder, I would, you know, that's okay too. But that was just Karen's answer for Karen's question. Yeah, and and it's some things <laughs> that I would would tell myself to to look at. Certainly. But of course, just overall, I know it's brought me to this point where I am today as a man. So yes. that's why, you know, sure enough, there'll be some things that I'm like, man, you might want to rethink this or whatnot, but. I, I had but to realize would you later be who you are exactly. Yeah. I, so if you had not monked that up, so, exactly. so you know, so it's one of those, it's one of those catch twenty twos yeah. to be yeah. like, okay, right. now as I've gotten a little older and wiser, I'm like, you know what? Uh, I had to deal with that. You know, even if it was not uh-huh. of my control or it was in my control, I had to, you know. But deal it made with you that. better. It yeah. was all a part of the journey because you hear people ask you sometimes. You know, um, would you change any of that? All of the hurts, all of the bruises, I wouldn't change anything. And that comes the, that comes from a place of self-awareness. So if people are not in a place of self-awareness, they may want to change something else. But if you appreciate where you are, appreciate who you become, if you are aware of the value you bring to the world and to the lives of the people around you, then you're less likely to want to change it because it may shift mm-hmm. who you've become. Right. So... Because yeah. I never looked at because I, like I said, I know where I was, mm-hmm. you know, with the insecurity, scared to step out, you know, scared yeah. to even open my mouth. So you may want to, may have wanted to change me talking crazy to you, but it, you know, but it, <laughs> you, you may not be here on the podcast if you could change. I, would, I wish Karen had not told me that. So I you know, would I, not. I would not because you told me a lot. <laughs> you told me a lot. I still remember some of the things, but I keep it in my head mm-hmm. because it's mm-hmm. what helped me to push forward. Right. You right, right, right. and Pastor Tony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, this is, since, you know, you're on CAP, we always ask a question dealing with the acronym, um, which is Cultivate, Accumulate, Prosper. So I want to ask you, what were some of the pivotal moments or a pivotal moment, whichever, mm-hmm. in your life that allowed you to cultivate the gift that God placed inside of you? I think the cultivating of it, which is the the working on it and the tilling yeah. the ground, all that, I believe a lot of that happened at New Direction. Okay. So cultivating the gift happened there, where I was able to um, actually work in my gift. So I think a lot of that happened at New Direction, happened around um, people who were hungry for more, Hungry for God, all those types of things. I think the cultivating happened there. What 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 what's the A? Oh, that she's gonna ask you. Oh, so ask. I'm just I'm just asking. Yeah. Co- I, yeah. I got ahead of myself. I you know because yeah, <laughs> she good. ready. Right. I'm like C A P. Let yeah. me ask all the questions that got to do with the C A P. I always ask the cultivating question, but that, that's but and I then did. to continue to cultivate. So I'm not yeah. done cultivating. Oh yeah, as long as you live in, you should right, still right. be so, cultivating. So I should yeah. always. So even as Dr. Karen Todd, I'm still cultivating. I was actually looking at, well, once I uh, finished my doctorate in ministry, I did a year, a one-year chaplaincy, uh, a residency at Methodist okay. for um, during the pandemic, which I don't know what happened in my head that I thought that would be a good time to go in the hospital to work during the pandemic. But so I'm always cultivating because I don't know the end of my story. Yeah. So because I don't know the end of my story, I need to always be prepared for the next step. Because every step builds on where you're going and where God is taking you. So if I start saying, that's it, I, I want to leave here empty. So I'm yeah. putting I'm, everything on the floor. So if I need these three certifications so that I can move to this next level and expand the territory and help more people, let's get it. I love it. So with the accumulate, that's like to build up growth. Um, what has being uh, being obedient to the Holy Spirit helped you to accumulate? Everything. There is nothing that I have that did not come from a form of obedience. So, yeah, everything, every degree, um, uh, bank account, people, <laughs> all of that has come from um, the Holy Spirit. And some of it, I've lost some of it because I didn't move when I was supposed to move. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if I gained it back or if I'm working to gain it back, it's because I got back in alignment with obedience. 
That's good. So everything uh, that I have, all that I am, has come from guidance from God, guidance from the Holy Spirit. So I I can't. Yeah, that's the answer. <laughs> everything, and that's that's real. That's real. You, I I can't think of anything. Yeah, I can't. I can't think of anything that I have that was worth having that came from not obeying the Holy Spirit. There is loss associated with that. Now there is loss also associated being obedient. Mm. So, you know, you, you can, you can be right where you're supposed to be and still have pain and still experience trauma, but we have to learn those lessons so that we don't continue to repeat the things that we're doing. So it makes everything that has happened in your life can make you better. Exactly. If you allow it to, if you allow it to make you bitter, then you're, you're along the lines of, you know, just, you get stuck, you feel stagnant, you got triggers that you shouldn't have, you got buttons, people pushing that you should have got rid of. Uh But if you are, if you are allowing the Holy Spirit to move and dwell and speak, and you are listening, you're in the right place, even if it's a painful place, Exactly, you're still in, in, in the right place. And sometimes you're even losing friendships people you've been close to for it's hurt, so many but it's, years but it's all right and anybody can't go exactly because <laughs> they <laughs> not and then i start to like grow from that and i'm like if i had stayed right there i noticed i was around a whole lot of people who were just like me mm-hmm. who were just like me so what and then do god also to wants to make room for you know the, what was the song no new friends whatever it was Mm-mm, I Drake. bind it because <laughs> there are people that you need to associate with. There are people that God wants you to associate with for your next level. Right. So if you're deciding that I'm not going to meet new people, I'm not going to have new friends, then you're limiting what you can learn. Right. Because the people that are around you just know this right here. And so if you're trying to move up, you may need to have a mentor that knows more about something else. You may need to be introduced to a circle of friends. It doesn't mean you have to, you know, push aside the the, uh, A1 from day one. Right. But you have to expand so that your brain can expand so that your the when you go into an impoverished neighborhood and we go in and we take all these people to talk to them, we're doing that because we want them to see something different. Sometimes people only know what they've seen. So sometimes that's also our story. So it was not until I was able to be in conversation with a room full of millionaires that that may have become a real possibility for me. But if I had said no new friends, no new circles, I would not have known I had access to some of the things that I have access to. Mm -hmm. Because there are people in my current circle that may not be talking about that. I think there was a post that I put um, online once. It was like, put me in the circle of people talking about goals and dreams and not the one talking uh-huh. about other people. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I like that. So we have to be able to expand and allow God to expand and introduce new things because that's how we come out of the comfort zone. That's how the comfort zone expands and that's how we come out of it again. So mm. That's good. Now with the Give me some clips of this. There's some good stuff. Oh, yeah. We're going to have some clips. <laughs> I'm loving this. I am loving every single minute. Told y'all I was looking forward to this. Um, I actually made a post the other day. I'm like, ooh, I can't wait for this. Uh, <laughs> for this Saturday, we're going to have some fun. We're going to laugh. Absolutely. We gonna, uh, you're going to get a whole lot from this one right here. I appreciate the expectation. I appreciate it. I come expecting. <laughs> I come expecting, and I know I'm going to get it. Um, with the P, prosper, mm-hmm. people have their own views of what it means to be prosperous, such as the money, the fame. I don't look at that part totally, maybe a little, mm-hmm. but what's yours? I believe that prosperity is many things. It is, sometimes it is money. But for me, prosperity is what are you going to do with the money? Mm. So I am prosperous. My soul is prosperous when I am able to be a blessing to other people. Right. So I will, yeah, I'll, I'll work hard and I'll gain the money. But what I do with the gain is what really makes me prosperous. 
when I'm able to be a blessing to uh, domestic violence survivors, when I'm able to be a blessing to uh, teen girls, for me, that's the prospering of my soul. So I don't negate prosperity being financial. Right. Because for me, it blesses me to continue to prosper in the way that I believe exactly. um, my soul will prosper. Exactly. The money is a big part of it because sometimes it takes having the money to be able to do more for. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I can do more. I can be more of a help for other people. So it's not about my gain. And um, and then also to do what the Bible says to be um, that I want to leave an inheritance for my children's children. Right. Yeah. Which would be my granddaughter, Lanaya. So there are things that I'm working toward now that are completely for her. So that prosperity goes down through generations. So that gives her a head start mm-hmm. that I may not have had, you know, growing up in South Memphis. So that, that, that for me is um, prosperity and being prosperous. So you're being a blessing. You're getting the blessings from God, which is the source, and you t- in turn are a resource to others. And I always tell people that uh, God is the source. Absolutely. People are resources uh, or can be used as resources if, you know, if your, your mindset or your intentions are pure. Yes, very good. That also, that's a great statement. That also works for people who are low in resources or if they're yeah. shipped. So let's say if somebody is, uh, they lost their job. Yeah. But you didn't lose the source. You lost the resource. Yeah. The source can replenish the resources. I remember my, um, my laptop was stolen one time. Twice, actually. And, I mean, I was devastated. I was like, oh, they took, I had all my sermons on there. I had all the uh, um, the conferences I had done, all this, everything was on there. And I was devastated, and I was crying, and I was crying out to God, you know, why me? Why you do that? And, and the Holy Spirit was like, but you still got the source. And everything that's on that laptop, you've already done. So let's do something new. So stop crying over what was gone because you've already used that. That that that's old. I've got some new stuff because I was still connected to the source. That's good. I'm saying that a lot today. That's good. You're <laughs> 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 getting lost because that's something that I said is going to be thought provoking. It's mm-hmm. going to be fun. You're gonna laugh. That's why I was really looking forward to this because I leave here thinking, and that's a big part of what we're about. We're about, you know, putting things out there that's positive Mm -hmm. and being able to help someone else. You know, you can still have fun. You can still have fun as a Christian. You Mm -hmm. know, people feel like if you're a Christian, you have to be uptight and you have to (laughs) sit here like this. Gone are those days. (laughs) Well, I mean, be be whoever you need to be. Right. (laughs) Be whoever God called you to be and be better at it. But that that was not my calling, so I'm grateful. (laughs) Well, now that we have uh, asked you some questions that were, like you said, Mm -hmm. thought-provoking, you've given us some great answers and a little bit more about yourself, now we're in the segment of the show where we're going to have a little fun. Let's pick one. All right. So I'm going to start it off. And um, I'm going to do a pick one dealing with music. Okay. And I'm, once I give the two artists, I'm going to give my take, and I'm going to allow ah. you to give your take on who you pick. Good look and look. Okay. Yeah, okay. So uh, I love R&B, just like I love my old school hip-hop and, mm-hmm. and inspirational gospel. But this is with two ladies, same song, uh, Angel from Angela Wimbush or Angel – from Anita Baker. Now, Anita I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Anita Baker, go I, ahead. T- yeah. Say what you got to say. Yeah, my, mine is Anita Baker. I'm, 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 anybody know me know Anita, and I'm planning on seeing her in my birthday month in November when she comes here to Memphis. I'm a huge Anita Baker fan. Now, that one with Angela Wimbush, it, it goes hard. But that Anita, the now, way actually, it drops. it's not the same song. So you, you, you got a Generation X person up, up in here. So it's not necessarily the same. It's not the same lyrics, same title. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Same title, okay. Yeah. Because Layla Angel. Hathaway did a uh, version of Anita Baker's Angel. Yeah. So that would have been the same song. I actually had Angela Wimbush at uh, Project Stand 
one year. Wonderful. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. I'm sorry. But yeah, it was. I got it was, excited. Yeah. I said Anita Baker. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm a huge Anita Baker to fan. Twenties. Uh, Anita Baker. I'm a huge, <laughs> huge, huge fan of hers. But the, both the songs are titled Angel, mm-hmm. but it's different. And so you know, um, they both go hard. But I, I, I I'm yeah, partial to I'm Anita. Anita Baker. Dreams are yeah. dreams. Some dreams come true. I found a real dream when I found you. Yeah, yeah. Anita Baker. And the way it just drops when it first come on that. That smooth, mm, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, man, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I will agree with you, yeah. Anita is- Baker. That was on the, um, and that was one of her first. That was like our introduction yeah, to Anita Baker. The that 80s. was on the Songstress um, yeah. CD. So that's the only song a lot of people know from that CD. But there were some great. There were some great. Songs oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a. She's my yeah, favorite female R and B artist. So I, I, I got a playlist just with just oh, yeah. Anita's music on there. So I, I'm a. She fan. said she was retiring, and I was like, I don't know if she's coming to Memphis. So I drove to Atlanta to see her, and then the schedule came out for her to be in Memphis, and then said, she's I'm still going. touring. So what? I don't know about this retirement. Yeah, well, so I'm, long I attend, retirement. I intend <laughs> on seeing her. That's my birthday month in November, and I, and I'm, I, I intend on going to finally see her. You'll have an amazing time. Okay. Okay, now see, I think I would lean towards Anita Baker, too. But I was, like, listening to Angela Wimbush. I'm like, okay, I'm, ooh, both of these are really good. They're really good. But I do lean towards Anita Baker. So, Mm -hmm. since he had the music, I thought I would go with some best uh, movie portrayals. Okay. So, one of my favorites, well, I already said, said mine in a sense, but uh, uh, Jamie Foxx as Ray, mm-hmm. or we're going to go with Denzel Washington, Mal- Malcolm X. Two very good movies. Odd. Two very good movies. Two very good actors. I think the, um, the impact of Ray and Malcolm impact my answer. Mm. You know what I mean? So I think it's less, because Jamie Foxx is an actor above all. and He's an entertainer above all. And Denzel is an actor above all. Jamie has so many many gifts and talents with singing and acting and all that good, wonderful stuff. But that's not what you asked me. So you want me to choose? Pick one. Based on the person, based on the actor. Which, whichever sense that you... Based on the stretch of how this person became... That person. It's hard. It's only difficult because I love Malcolm X. So that's what's making this difficult for me. My love for Malcolm X is greater than my love for Ray Charles. Mm-hmm. But that's not what you're asking me. So that's I'm trying to separate the two. <laughs> <laughs> so if I had to choose between the people... Malcolm X would be my choice. Choosing between the actor becoming that person, I think Jamie Foxx gets it. Mm-hmm. Only because of the stretch that he has, he has to be, he has to sing, he has to act, he has to act um, as if he cannot see when he can see. I remember them talking about how they would, uh, whatever prostheses or whatever they would put on his face where he would be blind for, the, you know, while he was doing it, he could not see. Wow, I didn't know so, that. Uh, well, check the facts. I might be wrong. It's been a long time. But that's what I remember. That, okay, yes. So he would, like, show up on set, and then they would do the makeup and all this, and so then he can't see all day, even while he's acting. And so they're having to move him around. So that's a different level of throw yourself into this Oh Lord. than maybe Denzel had to do with Malcolm. Not taking anything from him. Right. As Malcolm X, because we believed that Denzel was Malcolm, and if you see a real picture of the two of them, uh-huh. they they look nothing alike. <laughs> but he was such a, a good actor, is such a good actor that we believed it. But I will, um, I'll land on Jamie Fox as Ray. Definitely, my choice is Jamie Fox for the same exact reason. <laughs> two very great portrayals, but mm-hmm. it was just like then you even telling me that makes it even more major, like. Wow, you did that. Mm-hmm. And he got a chance to be with Ray. So Denzel didn't really get a chance to hang out with Malcolm right. X like Jamie Foxx had a chance to hang out 
with Ray Charles. So there's some things and some, some mannerisms, all these things that he was able to gain because he sat with him. One of the cool things that I like about actors, though, especially actors like Denzel Washington, is he'll study that actor, though. Mm-hmm. You know, because even though he couldn't be right there and, like, get a chance to be around him, he he learns the oh, yeah. mannerisms. He gets mm-hmm. every piece of mm-hmm. it, and it just makes the markings of a very good actor. So Absolutely. In some senses, that can make you lean towards Denzel, but it's still. I ain't leaning. It's still. I'm a, I'm a it's still. <laughs> Ten toes down. <laughs> Jamie Foxx. In that question. In that. Right. <laughs> what would you say, Mr. Davis? Yeah, uh, you know, I'm sort of like. What you said, I'm I'm a huge fan of Malcolm X. Got mm-hmm. the picture of him and MLK hanging on my living room wall, um, and I'm a huge fan of Denzel. That's my, mm-hmm. my favorite actor, but and I'm a huge fan of, definitely of Jamie Foxx. But in this case, the way he portrayed Ray, and then I knew about him having to yeah. have that to where he couldn't see, and then he just had he had his mannerisms because he got a chance. To actually sit with him before mm-hmm. he passed away, mm-hmm. so Jamie and he had a lot of them before. Part. Being a comedian, yeah, he would um, he would he had bits yeah. And all. yeah, he would. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, so so. But when when you see that movie and just his whole just everything that Ray would do, it's like yeah. So yeah. I would and give if, that if you had chosen a different movie, Denzel would have won. But with that movie, with Ray again, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So now we're about to head into the segment of the show, the banana peel. Um, also, for those who are viewing, like always, send in your banana peel questions to the cap podcast three at gmail.com. That's the cap podcast three at gmail.com. So, um, with further ado, let's go ahead and get off into this question that was sent to us it says lately i've been feeling stuck in life i feel i'm being pushed to to bigger and better things god has for me but i feel like i'm getting in my own way fear and insecurity holds me hostage a lot of times especially when it comes to my faith to go into the deep and leave the shallow i don't want to drown how can i overcome this and this is from Issa out of kansas city missouri Eric, I'm going to let you go ahead and give your take before I give mine. Okay, okay, okay. Um, This is, like, really interesting to me. I think I even said it a little bit earlier because I was in this spot. You know, I was in this spot where I had the insecurities, I had the fear, and it was definitely holding me hostage, and I was getting in my own way. A lot of times, and it's good that you acknowledge, Easter, that you are the person getting in your own way. So often we are blaming it on other people. I'm stuck here because this person did Mm -hmm. this, and I'm stuck here because this person did that. But to first acknowledge that you are getting in your own way, that is the first step to being able to overcome this. Acknowledge it and then make a decision that you're going to turn around and you don't want to stay stuck there. I always talk about staying stuck in the detours and how you have to push forward to destiny. Despite what's going on around you, despite what other people are saying, despite you getting in your own way, you have to make the decision because you're only going to see change when you decide to change. So you have to make the decision. Of course, we can't make it for you to step out of your own way and step into where God will have for you to be. And let me tell you from somebody who stepped out, out, it's a wonderful feeling. It's an absolutely wonderful feeling. So make the decision because you've already taken the first step and that's acknowledgement. That is a very, uh, that's good knowledge and, and, and a good answer that you shared with her. I would say this, uh, uh, Issa, um, there's two things. I often tell people just because you're hearing doubts don't mean you have to listen. Uh, we're all going to hear doubts at times, whether it's coming internally or from others. Also, with the scripture, it says in 2 Timothy 1.7, um, God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power, love, and a sound mind. You already acknowledge that 
it's you getting in your own way that fear and insecurity is holding you hostage. Well, by you acknowledging that now and you have your faith in God, it's time to exercise that. I often tell people you can't out-exercise a bad diet. You know, you got to – that's a process. you got to do not only work out in the gym, but you've got to try to eat better because if you're only doing one thing, you're not going to get the full effect. So just, you know, learn to, to look at it for what it is, trust God, um, and step out. I, I, I know it's easier said than done, but hey, what, is, what, is, what happens in life that's easier said than done? You have to do the work. Um, you have to make the decision. I want this more so than to stay stuck where I'm at. Uh, no matter what it is, whether it's career-wise, whether it's um, your own personal health, whether it's relational-wise, whatever it may be, uh, definitely, you know, make that decision uh, to do. What what would want to ask? I guess what would, advice would you give her? The advice that you all have given, both, yeah, great advice. I think just to add to that, I would say that first of all. You need a plan. So we are in this generation where we live now, in this culture rather, we are we have a lot of buzzwords. We've got a lot of therapy terms for from people who have not been to therapy. You know, <laughs> <Sure>. so <laughs> so we, we have all these things. So we have this uh self-awareness that we don't do anything with. So we sound smart. By saying that I'm aware, by saying that, you know, I'm getting in my own way. I got to get out of my head, but do it though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you may need therapy. You may need a coach. You may need a counselor. You need someone around you that sees more for you than you see. So the fight of the fear and the insecurity is because you're the only one fighting. So you have this this dream. Okay, I think I think I want to do this. I think God is telling me to do this, but I know you know what's in your closet. You know what you failed at. You know what, you know, so mm-hmm. you're, you are fighting this battle alone. But when you bring in a third person, when you bring in a coach or a counselor, you have someone that is looking from a different angle that sees through a, a different lens. So that way, I as a coach can say, okay, so you are fearful. What are you afraid of? You're insecure. Why? Are you insecure? The um, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Another scripture tells us that we should take captive every thought and align it with the will of God. So if I'm thinking this fear and that does not align with who God has called me to be, I need to work on captivating that thought. So that does not overcome what I'm supposed to be doing. And sometimes someone else can help you. Right. Someone else can pull you up. Someone else can pull you out. Someone else can push you. Because you're depending on all of this happening. That whole pull yourself up by your bootstraps, Mm -hmm. I don't believe it to be so. There is always someone that has done something that has given you age. There is all. So why not use that to the best of your ability? Whether it's someone in ministry, whether it's a a book club or whatever, whatever it is, position yourself around people who want as much, if not more, Position yourself around people who have already accomplished what you're going for. You sit in a group of people that ain't did nothing. And you're the smartest one in the room. Get out the room. If you're the smartest person in your circle, change circles. Because you need to be around people that can elevate you. Challenge you. Certainly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I get it. Fear is real. Insecurities are real. All those good, wonderful things. But the difficulty in getting out of our own head is that we're really comfortable in there. We're comfortable with our dysfunction. Fear helps us not, fear, it can be safe. So we need to sometimes bring someone else in that can help to pull us or push us to where God would have us to be. And something that you said that I know as as a man, and I know women deal with it too, but I can only speak from a man's point of view, mm-hmm. that because I used to feed into that, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. And when I realized that, there's some validity in that, but totally, you're going to always need help from someone. Yeah. And so when I got out of that mindset, things started to change for me greatly because coming up, growing up, um, 
and playing sports and and having that alpha male mentality it was always like man i gotta you know i did know, team, i did this all by myself uh, team, you know, but what about yeah. the coach the coach didn't say yeah. nothing yeah. you know so you know it's, <laughs> all it's, the players it's, had no advice so it's, you? <laughs> yeah so it's it's that in, in a lot of fellas and some women too but mm -hmm. a lot of brothers tend to you know because of lack of a, a complete circle or you know maybe the encouragement from their lady or whoever it is in mm -hmm. their life or anything tend to be like i gotta do this it's hustle hustle we use that word and and we do all hustle in some oh, yeah. some form of fashion yeah. but when it's misdirected and it's all about you know team no sleep i gotta get it well you know your body will let you know if you because i've been there and i'm like you know what now nah, i'm off that protocol <laughs> 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 then you don't be knocked down to where you have to lay down. Yeah, yeah. So and, and then you'll need to reach out to someone to help. Uh huh. So, so. it's all going to come back around uh -huh. to being able to, you know, be in a tribe, be in a community, be all these things where you can get the help that you need. There may be seasons of your life where you'll have to do it yourself, and then there are seasons. But the seasons that prepare you for that are the ones that you spend with other people. Right. So getting a therapist, getting a coach, getting into group counseling, just all those, all of that helps us to become the best. of. We were, we, one of the things we were created for is fellowship. We were not created for isolation. Right. That's why um, solitary confinement is punishment because that's not what we were created. We were yeah. not created for isolation. So we have to be able to move and breathe and live and dream with other people. So, Issa, there you have it. There you have it. Um, before I say what I was about to say, let me say this now. Those of you who are watching, make sure. Okay, look down. Look down a little bit while you're watching. You see that little box right there? It says subscribe. Click on that box right there. All right, go do it. Go do it. Go click on it right now. All right, thank you. All right, make sure you like, share, and comment. And this is great. I really do love that answer that you said, especially the talking to someone, um, just in knowing that even in that, when we made this podcast, it's that we're both speakers. We're both coaches. So if you are out there and you do need someone who, who you need to coach you, because not only are we coaches, she is too. Um, we're out there, uh, E6 Coaching and Consulting, Five Dimensions of the Man Coaching. We're out there um, for speaking engagements, for coaching. We are here. Contact us, and we will be very, very happy to serve you. And that's also in the schools and graduations as well. Um, and in that, Pastor Karen, we have been so excited to have you here. This has Why, been um Thought-provoking. It's been fun. Child, we laugh. <laughs> At some moments, I thought I was going to cry because it's oh. just that good, but it's a good cry. I didn't bring tissue. <laughs> Me either. I think it's in my purse. <laughs> um, can you let our listeners know how they can get in touch with you? Certainly. The best way to get in touch with me is through my website, and it is karentodd.com. Two R's in Karen, one for real and one for relevant. So KarenTodd.com is the best place. Um, you can also find me on 88.5 every Wednesday at noon for SOAR. SOAR stands for Success Over and Above Reason because when you tap into the best version of yourself, you're able to have success in every area of your life. So the radio show on Wednesdays at noon and the website. And um, what else do I do? Oh, social media. Dr. Karen Todd on Facebook. Karen Todd on IG. Yeah. Uh, you just have to remember two R's in Karen, or you'll be talking to my cousin, who is Karen Todd with one R. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. So now comes to the segment where we have our own special moments, the detour moment and the brain drop moment. So with the detour moment, there used to be this poem, and it made me think of it when Pastor Karen was coming out here because <laughs> she used to mess with me a lot of times the poem i'm determined to be somebody someday by that was, herbert that w. was your claim Easter. to fame. Yeah. <laughs> it was the present conditions no i'm not going to say it um but there is a part 
And then I'm going to change the word just a little bit. In spite of the detours that have stood in my way, I have messed around and became somebody <laughs> this day. Um, in spite of the detours, in spite of what you're going through, in spite of you getting in your own way, still keep pushing past the detours, still keep moving forward and believing. You have to believe in yourself that you will make it. You will manifest the things that you speak. Speak them and believe them. Um, you hear people say, um, uh, achieve it. No, believe it and then achieve it. So push past the detours, get out of your own way, and you will definitely become somebody this day. And um, as I said before, um, if you need to get in contact with me, that's Ephesians 6Pro at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook as Erica Jackson, Ephesians 6 Productions, and also E6 Coaching and Consulting. If you're looking for a speaker, um, a coach, um, any of those for workshops, conf conferences, any of that, you can contact Erica Jackson. All righty. Uh, good stuff, Erica. Very good stuff. The brain drop moment for today. Um, put the work in until it works out. I'm going to say that again. Put the work in until it works out. No matter what it is that you're trying to do in this life, um, career-wise, personal goals, relational, uh, anything, it's going to take work. Nothing happens overnight. It is, scripture also says, faith without works is dead. And we hear that a lot. People you know, use that as a sound bite, but it's a true word that's in, in the Bible. But you have to, the operative word is, you know, without work, work, you have to put the work in with anything that you do. Like I said earlier, you can't out-exercise a bad diet. You have to, it's a process with everything that we do. Um, and so if you want to achieve something or you know that you're trying to live out your purpose, you're going to have to put work. You're going to have to sometimes may have to separate yourself from from, from people, uh, separate yourself from your own negative thinking because that happens sometimes. But put the work in until it works out. And if you do that, God would definitely manifest it in your life. I also want to say, if you need a speaker, I'm not a politician or a pastor, but I do have something to say. There's nothing wrong with those individuals because they're needed. Five dimensions, coaching and speaking. Uh, go to my link tree, link tree Jerry Davis, author jdavis at gmail.com. I would love to give you some more brain drops to have you think help you look at some things differently. Today has been a wonderful episode. This episode 11 with our special guest, Pastor Dr. Karen Todd. Thank you I'm, for having me, sir. I'm glad, and that, you, I'm glad that you came. Um, and she, get, she gave you all her information to contact us or contact her for any of those services. And before we close out, like I always leave you with my saying that I say all the time is, if you're going to be anything – be for real. This is JD. This is Erica. And we will see you next week. Cultivate. Accumulate. And together. We'll prosper. We'll prosper. Peace. Bye.